0: Good morning. My name is Heather Pittman. Today's reading is from Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Listen for the word of God. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed to be led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, Let Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities. But it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same spirit who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Let us pray.
1: Come, Holy Spirit. Come, as the fire, and burn, come as water, and cleanse, blow as the wind, and pick us up off our feet, and give us hands for service. By the power of your Holy Spirit, be present to us in these human words, that we may receive your gift of life. In Jesus' name, amen. So, what is the spiritual life? What is the spiritual life? I asked this, myself this question a couple of le- weeks ago while rebuilding the church website. I was checking out a bunch of other church sites, uh, mostly to steal ideas for hours. <laughs> there was a common thread, I noticed, though, among these sites for very different churches including our own, One emphasized spiritual growth. The other used a phrase, becoming a better person. And another, become who you were intended to be. And one even said, realize your destiny. Now, these are all good things. And, you know, who doesn't want to be better? I know I certainly do, and I need to be. And of course, Christianity has to do with becoming who we are intended to be, and we believe we have a destiny. But you'll notice that each of these phrases, on their own, are all about the individual me, myself, and I. In this view, the spiritual life is primarily about my growth, my becoming better and my destiny. Like I said, nothing wrong with these. These are all true, good, and right. But according to today's scripture, they're not quite it all on their own. They're not quite complete on their own. Today's scripture is something of a case study in this issue. This is a letter from Paul the Apostle, early church planter, preacher, fundraiser to one of his congregations in Corinth. This is sort of a bustling multicultural economic hub on the coast of what is now modern Greece. One central fact about this church is that it is a pain for Paul. It is a pain. One scholar describes the Corinthian church as Paul's problem child among several he oversaw. And if You know, if you need to know what that's all about, you just need to read the letter. The congregation is split into different factions. Some believers are taking some to court. One guy's sleeping with his stepmother. There are some racking up huge prostitution bills, while others are denying the resurrection of Jesus altogether. Then there are folks who treat the Lord's Supper like a dinner party for the wealthy, pigging out on food and excluding Members not leaving enough for them to eat when they show up. I mean, that would be the worst church potluck, wouldn't it? <laughs> all the wealthy people get together before the meal and then eat all the food. The congregation's plagued by scandal and division, it's a mess all around. And one of these sources of division, however, has to do with the spiritual life of what it means to live the spiritual life. It has to do with spiritual gifts, the gift of speaking in tongues in particular, also known as in Greek. Now, we've talked about this gift before on several different occasions. Tongues are a form of ecstatic speech. This is where someone inspired by the Holy Spirit speaks in what seems like an unknown language, often thought to be of angelic origin. And if it's an authentic communication, then another person should, inspired by the Holy Spirit as well, be able to translate it to the community. And Christians are divided on this particular practice and its importance in the Christian life. We United Church people, being modern, scientific, rational types, can be freaked out by them. I personally have never spoken in tongues, but there are many Christians of many kinds throughout the world that have experienced them including several good friends and several members of this church. And the Apostle Paul, the author of today's letter, claims to have spoken in them too. So I'm, I'm of the mind of, to keep an open mind when it comes to these things because life is deep and mysterious. All that aside, though, the controversy in Corinth isn't tongues versus no tongues, The problem is that the folks that have this particular spiritual gift believe that it confers upon them superiority vis-a-vis the other members who don't have the gift. By having this gift, they've been uniquely blessed and specially chosen that they have an elevated spiritual status over other members who don't have the gift, meaning that they should have more influence, more authority, even more value, than their fellow Corinthians because they've been chosen. To that point, they've become a bunch of self-centered jerks. I mean, that's basically the plain language here. Their entire spirituality has become about them as individuals in the extreme. And for Paul, this is no good, not just because it causes conflict, but because it's a misunderstanding of spirituality itself of the life of faith now concerning spiritual gifts brothers and sisters says paul concerning spiritual gifts i need to be uninformed you see for paul this is a community that exists not under the authority of the roman emperor or of the culture but under the lordship of jesus christ this is a jesus community this is a community of people drawn together by the holy spirit to be formed by that same Spirit into the likeness of Christ to become more like Jesus, to become his body, which is next week's sermon, to become his body. So Jesus, for a Jesus community, is the pattern for all proper spirituality. And what was Jesus like? Jesus, who though he was the creator of the universe in the flesh, didn't see as something to be exploited, as a new status marker. But in the words of Paul's other letter to the Philippians, Jesus emptied himself. He came in the form of a servant, a slave among slaves. He fed the hungry, he clothed the naked, he healed the sick. And rather than grasping political power in a coup, he gave it all up to the point of death, even death on a cross. So Jesus isn't about his individual spiritual growth or greatness. Rather, Jesus' spirituality, from his teaching to his miracles, are always oriented towards others. If Jesus' own gifts were used for his own growth or gratification, he might have ended up on a mountain somewhere, content with being uh, very zen, very set, very spiritually mature, but instead he was crucified. And that probably wouldn't have happened if it was just about him and his personal spirituality. Jesus' spirituality is communal. Jesus' spirituality is communal, and it is cross-shaped. It leads to service, to humility, is oriented towards the other. Now, since we believe that all spiritual gifts come to us from God... For God's purposes, and that God's purposes are revealed to us in Christ, this means that God's work in the world and God's purposes in the community are Christ shaped. So ours should be too. There are a variety of gifts, Paul continues. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are var- But it is the same God who activates them in everyone. And here's the crucial verse. Here's the crucial verse. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, Paul says. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Notice the language here. First of all, there are varieties of gifts. There are varieties of gifts. There's a bunch of different gifts. Not everybody has the same gift. But to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. To each is given. So Paul's telling us that everyone is given spiritual gifts across the board, it's universal. Everybody is given spiritual gifts, which means that you and I, believe it or not, all spiritual. I mean, you may not be spiritual in the way that like, dude, I looked up in the stars and, whoa, man, it blew my mind. I mean, that's not the only kind of spiritual we're talking about. It's not just given for a select few. We've all been given spiritual gifts. Now, you might not know it by reading the list that Paul gives here. Utterances of wisdom and knowledge, healing, the working of miracles, prophecy, the discernment of spirits and tongues. I mean, the the list that Paul gives here are the more ecstatic supernatural gifts, which may be authentic, but they are more rare. But later on in this chapter, Paul also includes the ministry of the word, preaching, and teaching as well as pastoral care, caring for others in the community. Then he has this whole other list of spiritual gifts going on in the book of Romans, chapter 12. It includes caring for the needy. It includes serving. It includes Abraham's gift, apparently, encouragement. Performing acts of mercy, contributing giving aid and even the least spiritual of all the spirituals least spiritual sounding of all the spiritual gifts are you ready for it administration <laughs> all the accountants out there were like finally i'm being recognized for the spiritual person that i am the thing about them too is that they aren't necessarily the same as our skills though they they could be I mean, these gifts aren't just innate to us, just the products of biology, but we're told that the Spirit activates them in us. We don't have to invent one. We don't have to earn it or achieve it. We may not even know yet what they are. They may remain uncultivated, but each of us has been given one. It's across the board. Everyone. In the community, from the youngest to the oldest, even if you feel like you can't do anything, the Spirit has given you a gift to share. And while some of these may be less flashy, less ecstatic, less intense, they are nonetheless Spirit-given gifts, an avenue for God to work in our lives, as important, as crucial as anything we might call more supernatural. The work of the Spirit in human life isn't relegated only to gurus, or mystics, or saints, as lovely, as important as these people are, or just people with tongues. People who speak tongues, we all have tongues, or most of us have tongues, almost all of us have tongues. But everybody, all of us, God has given you gifts. God has given me gifts, and perhaps more importantly, though it may not seem like it, God has given your neighbor Gifts. There are varieties of gifts, Paul says. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, even if you don't know it or quite can't see it yet. You have been given a spiritual gift. Gifts are universal. But here is there is a catch to this, there's a catch to all these gifts. It's the end of that sentence. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. Yes, good, everybody has gifts, Paul says. But the last part of that sentence says, for the common good. For the common good. The Holy Spirit endows every individual. Yes, we each have an individual spirituality. But that spirituality is not for our own sake to become, simply become wiser, stronger, or influential for their own sake. It is for this, the sake of Christ-shaped service to the community. We are each given gifts, but our giftedness is for the sake of contributing to the common good. Not just the common good in general, like paying taxes, but for the sake of the local community of faith. We can't really know our gifts, see them, or maybe more importantly, have others see them in us, or truly experience them without the community for which they were created. That's the catch. Community is the catch. And it's a catch, I say, because this part is probably our biggest challenge. First of all, at any time... It's really hard. Community is really, really hard. There's a reason why the great existentialist philosopher, Jean-Paul Sartre, once quipped that hell is other people. (laughs) Hell is other people. Because other people are a pain. No offense to you and me. Other people are a pain. Other people are annoying. Other people are annoying, they're demanding, they're offensive, they can draw on our energy, they can take up our time, they can get in our way, they can hurt us, and they do hurt us. I mean, do you remember just how bad the Corinthians are? I mean, if you're doing better than the Corinthians, I mean, you're at least, <laughs> you know. And Paul says that this is the kind of community God is creating. And this really hasn't changed since day one. People are our biggest challenge, and that hasn't changed since the beginning. What has changed in our digital age, though, is that other people have become downright inconvenient. People, other people have become downright inconvenient. This may be the biggest pandemic and post-pandemic challenge for us as individuals in the church. A mentor of mine once quipped to me that whereas Christian spirituality, the work of the Spirit itself, is communal and cross-shaped, virtual worship, he says, virtual worship and community require virtually nothing of us. Virtual community requires virtual, virtually of us. And that's because we aren't exposed to people. We aren't exposed to each other's tears, each other's joys, or struggles, or needs in the same way we are when we share a pew, or at least, you know, share a space between two pews. Well, technology has helped us remain connected. It's also, and also drawn new people into our midst and online. It's been a blessing in so many ways. It's also made it way easier for us to think and live individually and apart. It's made us easier to be the passive receivers of individual growth and blessing, which is already a problem even before technology. As we know with the Corinthians, it's made it easier for us to become passive receivers rather than conduits of grace, of a grace given to us for the sake of the common good. We may be energized, we may be filled with joy speaking in tongues in front of our screens, even, but we're still missing that crucial and important ingredient. Each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And it's hard to carry someone else's cross from the comfort of our living room. That is the challenge that COVID has brought to us. Friends, that is the challenge. One that we're probably going to be dealing with for (laughs) a long time. As challenging as it may be, Though, we are told that the effort of community remains just as worthwhile. Because as Paul tells us, each of us is spiritual. Each of us is gifted spiritually, whether we know it or not. But true spirituality is only realized in community. Growth becoming better... Realizing our destiny, these are good and noble and important things, but God has chosen to dispense these in cross-shaped community where our gifts are activated and put to good use, not just for our sake, but for each other's sake, for the common good in loving service to all for whom Christ died. As challenging as it may be, This is where God's life-giving Spirit promises to find us. So, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, may we not be uninformed. Rather, may we be informed by the great good news that we have each been gifted by the same God and each been given each other for the sake of the common good. Because it's here where we'll discover salvation. It's here where we'll find life in the full. And for this, thanks be to God. Amen.
2: of the day, spirit breath. Spirit God, be our breath. Reaching out, joining hands.